Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on LastPodcastMerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like Wizard of the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space. And of course, plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to LastPodcastMerch.com. Thank you. There's no place to escape to. This is the Last Podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Adolfo Constanzo. Ooh. I keep trying to work on the Adolfo Constanzo voice, and it just keeps sliding into Dracula. Yeah, but he is kind of like <laughs> Dracula. He's scary, and he loved to dabble in blood. I watched some of the movie based upon the, the Adolfo Constanzo story called Borderland. Have you seen that? No. It is. Huh. The only way I could describe it is that they describe Mexican towns in it because they only want it to be. It obviously, is just inspired by the Adolfo Constanzo story. Sure. So they only describe all of these like fake towns that all sound like fake cereal versions, like you know, like the bag cereal versions of, of like normal cereals, but the same thing for <laughs> I like Mexican like the towns. Bag cereal better, you know I do. It has more sugar and it makes your mom happy. But yeah. it's got all of the kids. It basically, you know, instead of it being the normal American names of of the Americans that were with Mark Kilroy, we'll get into the story on the episode. They were all like you know Byron we gotta go and live our best <laughs> lives down in Mansatitas yeah I love that Be I like, love just bro. call it Matamoros just, you don't have to make up a name they're like it's just all big we gotta go down to Grangolito that's the only place that Santeria is still legal and it's just like you know they say they go Yo, to the Santeria like area and it's just like one squirrel skeleton like Aww. on a crucifix and you're like this was so much worse in real life there was a pot filled with human brains Don't you put put that in the movie? When in Mexico, my final words be my final words will be when in Rome, you do what the Romans do. When in Mexico, you eat the bug. Eat the bug. bug. I've always wanted to do it. I don't think I have the balls. Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I am Ben, hanging out with Henry, and of course Marcus. Woo! We are on to part three. It's going to get bloody, folks. We ended last episode a little bit uh, in the gore, so be prepared for more of the gore in Adolfo Constanzo, part three. This is where this whole story goes <sighs> full fucking action slash horror movie. So up to this point, Adolfo Constanzo has been like the cute version of himself. <laughs> this <laughs> is before the boss. This is before you get a couple of good hits in on the boss in Resident Evil and it morphs into some bizarre, bumpy, evil, bubbly monster. That's close. 
Yeah. He right. did kill a bunch of people up to here horribly. No, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets real but bad. But now he gets serious. He gets yeah. real bad now. So after Adolfo Constanzo began directly involving his cult members in the act of murder, he and his followers embarked on what would be the bloodiest month of their existence. Now, according to what Constanzo was claiming, the murders were being committed in order to feed the cult's magical Nganga. And the more the Nganga was fed, the more protected the cult slash gang would be when it came to other criminals and the police. Okay, can I just say this? Seems like they're spoiling the Nganga. <laughs> they should have started off slow. Little chicken blood. Little chicken mm-hmm. blood. Oh, are you happy with the chicken blood? Mm-hmm. But they started with a overload of food for the Nganga, and now it's just the fat kid on Mori Povich eating all the burgers with all the french fries in front of him <laughs> as Mori is like, are you still hungry? Because like, I'm, I'm still yeah, hungry. I'm still hungry. <laughs> um, Kissel, let me maybe put this in terms you understand. Please do. Thank you. And then Ganga is not unlike the, I'm going to say, the, the, the dearly departed KFC Thanksgiving Bowl, <laughs> where there are many layers to the Nganga. I, I mean, there better be. They okay. should have canceled it just to help America. Wow. All right. All <laughs> but right. There used to be that bowl at I KFC. Remember. You remember? And they have all the layers, and each layer is important. Of course. The creamy mashed potatoes, the creamy corn, mm. corn yeah. the creamy chicken in it, which yeah. some reason was creamy. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything was soft. It was Nor- weird, yeah. If you were to normally have a bowl of food or like a parfait, right. where you have many different layers, different textures. I love that. Love a good parfait. That's what the Nganga serves, which we were talking about in the first episode. It's, it's layers of different universal thought or deep inside of it. it only looks like a big mishmash. Normally, a palo mayombe, huh. I, if you are someone who's a tata from palo mayombe, it would be highly organized, but they got pretty sloppy with it. Okay, well, I missed the part where they put the granola clusters in the, uh, in the Nganga, but... <laughs> I guess it's a different kind of parfait. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those parfaits where it's like in Halloween, you know, when you're supposed to stick your hands at a bunch of bowls oh, and you're supposed to like, that. oh, peeled eyeballs. Like, oh, it's all oh, peeled grapes. It's eyeballs. But then you find out it is eyeballs. That's my wife. <laughs> but as 1988 turned to 1989, it became more and more clear that Constanzo's main motivations were his own personal bloodlust and the kind of simple greed that tends to settle one into a mid-level position in the Mexican drug game. <sighs> See, by that point in time, the Hernandez drug family had completely given themselves over to Adolfo Constanzo's cult, which meant that Constanzo was commanding a group of people who had both the disregard for human life held by drug cartels and the religious devotion of crusaders. This shit is very scary now because you have these guys, they are genuine, like, red-rimmed-eyed devotees to Adolfo Constanzo. They look at him, they they are are afraid of him as they are adoring of him, especially Mm. at this point, because now you're seeing, not only will he kill fucking random-ass strangers, with the story we covered last week, when he killed those two cops, was also heavily involved. Like, they have full Federale uniforms. They all have badges. They have all the shit. It's very, wow. very tense inside of the group. Sounds like so, the beginning of the uh, of Batman Forever with the Joker. It's like, very similar. Suits, yeah. It's very, very similar. They, you are seeing, because he's got cops on the dole in his bullshit. Everybody's surround, Everybody's got guns pointed at each other. And also, at the same time, they believe that there is a dark specter inside of the Nganga that is controlling all of their lives at the same time. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. Also, I believe <laughs> uh, the reference was Dark Knight Rises, I believe. Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Batman first one. Batman Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. You're actually referring to just the Dark Knight. 
Just Dark Knight. <laughs> I'm, yes. glad we, I'm glad we got to here. Well, yes, indeed. But it is. But Adolfo Constanzo is Joker esque in the in the organization and uh, the loyalty of his minions. Also, mm-hmm. with his impeccable Jack Nicholson impression, where he goes, Dude, "Are you going to do a Jack Nicholson? Oh, don't do this. Remember, you get those wonderful toys. <laughs> you are it's just, flawless you as always. Flawless. Aaron, does he get those wonderful toys? toys. Wow, that's kind flawless. of Jim Carrey. That a is. chameleon you are. Well, as such, the members of Constanzo's cult believe by this point that they were invincible and invisible, oh. incapable of defeat or death. So, with this supposed power behind them, they began a conscienceless murder spree, and Adolfo became one of the few serial killers in history with acolytes at his beck and call. He had staff. Wow. Yeah, he did. In December of 1988, Ovidio Hernandez joined the cult in an official ceremony after he was made a true believer following his supposedly miraculous escape from the kidnapping that had resulted from Constanzo trying to double-cross some coke dealers. Right. We- <laughs> yes. I know, there's I a remember. lot to unpack there. No, there's a lot to unpack. But Ovidio was like, is he, the, is he the older brother of Elio or is he the younger brother? I Their believe brothers. he was a younger brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, Elio was a, he, Elio was the one in charge at any yes. rate. Yes, and at this point, he's been slowly getting Elio into more of the serious side of cutting people's ears off and oh. nipples off and fingers off. But Ovidio, at this point, has been is there a lighthearted side of cutting people's <laughs> nipples off and, and ears off and fingers off? Is there like a goofy time in that? In no, that? yeah, you cut the guy's ear off, and then when the guy's screaming, you go and you, you hold up the ear to your own ear and go, oh, I can't hear you, oh, I can't hear you. That's what's funny, and everyone's laughing because they're scared. It's funny, though. (laughs) But apparently, the cult had learned a thing or two from their past blooper, Hmm. and they tried the double cross again in early 1989 with greater success. While Ovidio and Elio were hanging out at Los Sombreros, a Hernandez brother's favorite, they were approached by a small-time trafficker named Ezequiel Luna Rodriguez. Rodriguez told him that his gang had just come into 1,700 pounds of weed. And if the Hernandez gang was interested, it could be theirs for $400,000. Now, what I love is this story in the book. If you read Buried Secrets, is they, you know, they at this point have gained a bit of a reputation Mm. in the town where people come. They know that not only are they drug dealers, but also they do a lot of human sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And El Doobie has been in and out of Los Sombreros. And this is true because we know he killed somebody in Los Sombreros uh, over a small time deal. And basically there was a death warrant out for him no matter what. Now it's kind of at this point, it's kind of cooled out. Right. But they all know that all this bullshit's going on. They're sitting drinking beers alone in the, in the corner. This guy comes up. He's like, I've got 1,700 pounds of weed for you. It's like, we're going to, cool. and I need your help to move it. And they're like, they just both like looked at him. They're like, I don't know. Like, why would you come to us? How could we possibly help you? And he's like, we know that you are in the business. And they're like, and he's like, oh, you know, if we're in the business or not, who is to say, you know, my friend, what business? <laughs> there are many different types of businesses. Of course, you know, there's many different. Who the- knows what kind of business we do? Shoes. He's like, he's like, but I also know that you guys commit human sacrifices to protect yourself from the federales and they said to both of them there was like a moment of silence where they were both looking at their beers and then they went <laughs> ridiculous that is fun that is absolutely ridiculous meanwhile everyone's just staring at them knowing for a fact because el Duby was in there for weeks showing people he used to keep severed toes and fingers well, in cool his pockets guy. he's el Duby. he used to go and this is true he used to go up to people in the in los sombreros and be like hey man 
You want to check out some of these souvenirs? Yeah. <laughs> I got it, man. This is real. He's like, you got to join us, dude, man. I mean, you want to see an ear? How about a fucking finger? I, was... I got them in my pocket, dude. Really? Take a look at it, bro. It's a straight fucking bonger, dude. All right. Can I, can I see that ear, please? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Putting it up to my ear. Can't, uh, can't hear you. You're the fucking funniest. <laughs> man, I got to see for a long time. I didn't. I underappreciated you as a friend. Yeah? Because I've been going through some heavy shit, dude. I've been fucking cutting these fingers off, and honestly, <laughs> for me, it's been pretty heavy for me. I know it has, El Doobie. <laughs> and you show me the lighter side of all this shit? No problem, dude. Makes my fucking shit feel tighter than ever. You look tighter than ever, Doobie. Yeah, but guys, I got I got a, something to add here, though. It, it, putting an ear up to someone else's ear, that doesn't make sense because ears don't talk. You'd have to put up the the ear, uh, a tongue to another person's ear. You sound like uh, a fucking narc, dude. Get the Nganga. Get the Nganga ready. Get the Nganga. Oh That's my a new God. GTM. We have another human sacrifice here. <laughs> so eventually, Rodriguez convinced the guys to set up a meeting with Adolfo Constanzo. And it would be the last fucking thing he ever did. Oh. So when Adolfo inspected the weed, he informed Luna that this was subpar. Because I would imagine it's probably that seeds and stems dirt weed shit we oh used to get in Texas. That's, uh, you remember that shit that used to of smell course. vaguely like gasoline? Well, we don't know because there's some people said that this was a this was like a tactic that they used to get them all upset because actually, apparently, Al Doobie smoked it. And he's like, I don't know what you guys are fucking talking about. This stuff's fucking killer. <laughs> Doobie, you're an idiot. <laughs> the terpene's an issue, dude. It's got purple hairs on it, man. <laughs> well, when uh, Adolfo said that this is shit weed, Rodriguez flipped out and when rodriguez was off its guard constanzo's cultist ambushed him and bound him with duct tape before snipping off his fingers one by one so he so he'd tell them where he was hiding the 1700 pounds of weed all right well definitely he got in over his head yeah i think that's safe to say how do you snip off someone's fingers do they go the dark man route where they do it with the cigar cutter remember that beginning i of remember dark man, dark man. super trippy no. or do you go with the knife or do you actually use scissors they used uh, tin snippers, yeah, like the oh, little curved ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tins yeah. clippers. Oh. Well, to me, I, and I don't understand. You God, don't have that to, would fucking hurt, man. You're right. <laughs> I don't think you have to go to all of these extents to make someone tell you where the weed is. I think most of the time you have to be like, here's two back fucking stage tickets to Alice Cooper, man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Let's go find my bales, dude. Honestly, the guy should have just given him a time machine and been like 30 years from now in Colorado. That's where the weed is. <laughs> These poor bastards all over freaking shitty nug. Yep. Oh, and even after this guy told them that the weed was hidden at a ranch 50 miles southeast of Manoris, Constanzo cut off two more fingers and a nipple for even daring uh, to keep the truth from him in the first place. Honestly, not. I'm not victim blaming. Obviously, this person didn't deserve anything. All, but it's just... You just fucking, you don't fuck with a tribe or a cult that you know is doing human sacrifice. Why would this be the one where it's like, why don't we try to sell them some bunk weed? Just give them the good stuff. I don't understand why this person tempted them. They're crazy. Well, it was never about the quality of weed. They were always going to steal the weed and they no were always going to kill every single okay. person involved with that pile of weed. I don't yeah. know why. So the he, weed wasn't bad? It was whatever. It didn't really matter. It just okay. came down to it. They needed to move it anyway, but I don't really know why you go to the two human sacrifices. Oh, to help you. No, definitely not. <laughs> no. 
And then once Constanzo's gang and Rodriguez got to the ranch and found the weed, Constanzo directed two farmhands who worked at the ranch to dig a grave. And once they were done, Constanzo picked up a MAC-10 and quickly ventilated Rodriguez and the two farmhands. Oh, the two farmhands didn't deserve that. No. And after the men fell back into the holes they'd just dug, the newly initiated Avidio hopped in and used a machete to crack open their skulls and remove the brains like so much egg yolk. Ugh. Fuck yeah, well, shit. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm they're innocent people I know innocent man I know people. Natalie had to remind me of this last night because I said the same thing I'm just because as I'm watching Borderland I keep saying like just do the plot in the movie just do the real plot of the story <laughs> it's so much scarier yeah. than whatever it is you're doing it's the most metal horrible shit it's in the world right. it's not yeah. right and then after they cracked open the heads the other members did their part by hopping into the grave and removing the hearts and the genitals and once the cult got back to Rancho Santa Elena, the gore was dumped into the Nganga hidden in the ritual shed, which pleased Cadi and Pimbe, or at least that's what Constanzo said. Plus, they got 1,700 pounds of that weed. They got yep. the weed. That's great. Okay, they got the weed. I mean, it's not great. Again, none of this is good. Like, roll that shit, light you, that shit, smoke that shit. If you're the, if you're <laughs> the yeah. cult, though, this is a pretty good, uh, this is a good day to be a serial killing, uh, cannibalistic, feeding uh, f- They're not cannibals. They're not, they're not cannibals. cannibals. They're not cannibals. They're not cannibals. I'm sorry, but <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Human sacrifice. Who are you, we'll get into that I later. I don't know. I'm just saying, if you're in this the cult. The cannibals of Matamoros. I'm not saying. That's where you draw the line. Also, you know somebody put their finger in the Nganga and drunk it when, and, and took a little taste when they were all hammered. They did a little challenge. El Doobie did it for a laugh. You know El that El Doobie's happened. a funny guy. But nine days after that murder, Constanzo decided more blood was needed. But this time, he wanted one of his followers to do the deed. He declared that it would be Elio, the head of the Hernandez gang, who would hold the machete that time. So, Constanzo, Elio, and another cultist went to a cafe in Matamoros to find a victim that had absolutely nothing to do with the drug trade. They walked up to a random patron at Los Sombreros, stuck a gun in his ribs, and forced him into their car. But when the abductee panicked and started screaming, Elio shot him in the head, which of course made Constanzo furious. He said that the planned sacrifice was now ruined and they'd have to find someone else. I mean, honestly, if you've ever seen my sister get mad about ruined mashed potatoes, you can imagine just how upset <laughs> right. Adolfo Constanza would be if you ruined the sacrifice. So what, he's upset because there's a bullet in the head, in the brain? Well, you ruined it. You didn't get the juice from it. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, ruined it because the person was killed without a ritual. He was just unceremoniously shot in the head in the backseat of a car I um, because he was screaming. Okay. Well, tragically, the person who replaced that sacrifice was 14-year-old Jose Garcia Luna. Luna was walking down the highway near Rancho Santa Elena when a truck full of cultists pulled in front of him, and before he could say a word, they covered his head in a sack and took him to the shed. Now, by this point, Adolfo had worked Elio into a bloodthirsty frenzy because the first solo sacrifice is a pretty big deal in the life of a murder cultist. It's like a bar mitzvah. Right. So, when Jose was brought into the shed with the sack over his face, Elio showed no hesitation. The moment the sack was pulled off, Elio took the machete he was holding and swung. He was supposed to take off the top of the skull, but he aimed too low and ended up decapitating the victim instead. But Elio hadn't really gotten a good look at his victim before striking the fatal blow. 
When he did look down at the decapitated head on the floor, he saw that the boy he'd killed was very recognizably his 14-year-old cousin. Oh my God. It's honestly, it's similar to the movie Looper. Bag over the head, you randomly, you got to kill him, and then you realize it's a relative, or in Looper's case, it's actually you from the future. This is very <laughs> scary. I mean, how he really would have flipped out if it was him from the past. Well, because yes, then he but disappeared. It kind of is, like, isn't it? If he cut, chopped up his own boy head, and then he looked in the mirror, and then he disappeared, then you'd be like, oh, what's even happening here? Absolutely. It's a real back to the future moment. Mm hmm. Now, we don't know if Constanzo directed the cultists to find a family member as a way to punish Elio or if it was all just a coincidence. But after Elio realized what he'd done, Adolfo picked up where Elio had left off. He gathered the head, struck it with a machete, and scooped out the brain so he could feed the inganga. He then instructed his cultists to pick up the headless body and drain what blood hadn't already been spilt on the floor into the cauldron. Then Adolfo ordered Elio to cut open the chest and remove the heart and lungs. He did it specifically because Adolfo Constanzo, because Elio was beside himself. He was he was crying and shit. And he's just like, my friend, as soon as you cut the heart out, you will feel so much better. And so he went and cut out the heart himself. Did he feel any better? He said, yes, yeah. actually, yeah. I do feel better. Jeez, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, after this murder, Constanzo told his followers that they'd built up enough magical power to protect them for a while. Oh, good. And, yeah. You done enough for a bit. Okay, good. Yeah. But he, this is where Adolfo Constanzo is clearly a serial killer with a team versus a cult than anything because he does have cool down periods for a time. Mm. So he says the in my mind he keeps talking about these ideas that oh we've built up magical cred we've got it but there are times when he decided it is not enough and there are times when he just randomly kills people too. This story is him he gets what he wants like a serial killer does and he has his rush he feels it and then he's like oh, I am satiated for a while and he is attaching that to the powers of the inganga saying mm -hmm. like the inganga is sac is is satisfied. Meanwhile, he's just going into his very traditional serial killer cooldown period. So you guys mentioned that he's a serial killer a few times. Can you imagine any other serial killer like Berkowitz trying to lead a cult? I know there were some <laughs> cult ties to Berkowitz, but can you imagine any of these other maniacs, these loners, these losers attempting to be leaders? Ed Gein has a group of cronies. Like, hey, how weird I, I would that everybody be? doing today. Welcome to the upholstery meeting. Yeah. And so you got a couple of nipples here. These are these are fun, aren't they? And everyone's Those, been like, yeah. That's yeah, Ed Gein running a craft group. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mom. My, hey, my mom has been in some craft groups that are just Very a culty. step below Scientology. Absolutely. Well, the thing is that, you know, reality was matching Adolfo Constanzo's claims that they had built up magical protection. Nobody was looking for Jose. Although one could argue that it was kind of pointless to kill someone for a ritual if the whole point of the ritual was to keep people from discovering you killed someone. Hmm. I don't know. A lot of the logic is flawed yeah. with these <laughs> sacrifice cults, these human sacrifice cults. Sometimes there's a leap in the jump to conclusions. Yes, they shoot. They try to jump. And what was it? You try to make it to the moon. You shoot for the moon. But if not, you, you end stars. up in the, the yeah. stars. But you actually end up in the Nganga. In the Nganga. <laughs> Not good. But it wasn't the magic that was keeping the cops from searching for Jose. 
Like with the victims that Dean Coral killed in Houston, the police assumed that Jose had gone elsewhere for work. They thought he probably crossed the border, went to Texas, and he's never going to come back, so why fucking look for you him? You know what this story doesn't have that Dean Coral story had? Candy. <laughs> You're right. There There's is no prolies. candy talk. Yeah. There's weed talk, but no candy talk. There's very little candy in this story. For some reason, I don't know why Snickers didn't want to endorse <laughs> This team. Yeah. You're not you when you're hangry, but it's like actually him. This is like a super peaceful, wonderful, like Jimmy Carter. Then he takes a bite of the Snickers and then it's Adolfo Constanzo again. That's Isn't scary. that nice? Yeah, sometimes people always say, oh, you must be hangry, have a Snickers. But sometimes when you have a lot of Snickers and peanuts inside of you, you can do bad things too. Yeah, because you have protein to fuel you. Exactly. <laughs> Well, to the cult, this lack of investigation was proof that their rituals had power. You know, instead of it, instead of the truth, which was that it was just proof of the kind of laziness that seems to be inherent in most human institutions. Uh, so law enforcement wasn't doing their job. No, because yeah. we'll find out, too. I mean, just think about how many federales w- were working with Constanzo actively. Right. There was so the this whole, there's so much corruption just on, in these border worlds. And then again, it's this whole thing. I never understood this whole concept of, yeah, boys run away. Yeah, yeah. they just run away. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. As a boy, I was scared of the outside. I think a lot of kids want to run away. I mean, do they, they want to run they away? They want to run away. I don't know if they ever do, but a lot of people, I'm sure. Has there ever actually been a story of a runaway going to Hollywood and making it big? Uh, Joaquin Axel Phoenix. Rose. Okay, two stories right there. <laughs> Boom. Kids, they run away. Kids run away. Well, regardless, though, Constanzo told his cult that as long as the magical shield of blood was in place, bullets couldn't pierce the cult. And to the eyes of the cops, the cult would be invisible, even if the cops came right to Rancho Santa Elena. Now, those 1,700 pounds of weed represented a huge profit opportunity for the cult, but Constanzo's increasing need to kill was getting in the way, where before he could go months without sacrifices, now he was demanding them just days apart. He's going into berserker mode. Yep. Mm. And now he's... But imagine a serial killer going into berserker mode with three other serial killers. Because right. El Doobie was uh, a total maniac. Yeah. You discover more and more there was like a story that El Doobie used to climb to the top of telephone poles and point his gun at random people what in is the this, streets. GTA 5? This is crazy. It's really, really insane. Elio, after killing his cousin, goes full serial killer. Like, yeah. he has changed completely because he once he stepped over the line. And Sarah Aldrete, we're going to get into even more of her shit. She just, she knew what she was doing. She knew <laughs> exactly right. what she was doing. Well, yeah, we'll get to her in a second. After a short trip to Mexico City, Constanzo returned to demand another sacrifice from his followers. And it didn't really matter who it was, just so long as it was a man. Because if you'll notice, Constanzo never killed women. I don't know what it is. I know what it is. He was gay and serial killers. (laughs) No, I mean, it goes back to the whole serial killer thing. Like gay serial killers kill other gay, you know, they kill people in their same sex. They kill people that they want to fuck. Yeah. And that's why if you look at tall serial killers, they tend to kill tall people and short serial killers (laughs) tend to kill short people. (laughs) Sir, please leave the FBI office. You're not helping any of us. Uh, How tall is the person you're looking for? (laughs) 5'10"? You're going to be one of looking for victims around 5'9 to 5'11". Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer only killed men. Ted Bundy only killed women. But also in Borderland, it showed like, you know, the guy that was the fake Adolfo Constanzo, a guy named Santanaya. He was like, he had two naked women at all time. Like, and he was like <laughs> sucking on their tits and all this kind of shit. 
shit. But in my mind, I was just like, man, for, why is this to me so much scarier that this stuff was like gay as all get out? Like the fact that it was just this like clan of gay brujerios all just killing people. I, I don't know what it is. It's something, something about it being like it makes your shoulder shake. It makes well, your hips go. I'm because happy you're you could conceivably this. be killed and raped by them. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. There you go, buddy. And I would squeal and squeal and squeal and it gets so much good juice from the inganga. The other guy you, you the other guy you described sounds like the living embodiment of Slash's Instagram. <laughs> I love his Instagram. It's great. He loves boobs, he that's does. for sure. So, in order to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, Adolfo Constanzo and the cult chose a Mexican drug dealer as their next victim, a guy who had been caught selling cocaine on Hernandez turf in Matamoros. Tasked with the kidnapping was little Serafine Hernandez, David Valdez, a.k.a. The Flirt, and Sergio (laughs) Salinas, a.k.a. El Mariposa. That's me. I'm the butterfly. Yeah. Oh, very nice. (laughs) They call me that because of the... I got back flaps. Oh, cool. And soon enough... They'd found the dealer and brought him to the ranch, where each cult member participated in the ritual. Each one took turns slicing and beating the dealer before Constanzo raped him. But the problem Constanzo had was that the dealer did not scream. In fact, he remained completely silent the entire time, even after Constanzo started skinning him alive. Oh my god. This shit is out of control. They said they had him in the room and he's he is not reacting at all. They are doing everything in their damnness to get a fucking reaction from him, snipping parts of him off. Jeez. And then he starts snip he's literally skinning him alive and he's not making any noise. I would give them everything they want if they wanted me to scream. Um, because if I even look at the scissors, I'm going to start screaming. Ah! I would just, the whole thing, I oh, would it's just gonna be, be the... screaming immediately, start freaking out. My goal is to scream so much, it ruins the ritual. Just ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> well, to Constanzo, the quote unquote ritual wouldn't work unless the victim screamed. That the Inkisi living in the Nganga wouldn't be satisfied without terror. And the cult's magical protection would ipso facto fade. Oh, my my goodness. But looked at from a different perspective, Constanzo couldn't get off on a murder unless he was causing active pain and fear, because it seems like a big motivator for doing these rituals was that Constanzo was actively making nightmares come true. He wanted to make it as scary as possible. Oh, no. Definitely he, worked. He, Definitely worked. He projects it out. And we talk about serial oh. killer homes quite a bit. On the show, like we talk about like their domiciles. No, but I mean, like we talk about how serial killers will exteriorize their inner bullshit with their homes and and how they live their lives. Like Ed Gein, whole house is a nightmare except for his mother's room, which is perfectly pristine. Jeffrey Dahmer living in a world of shit, creating the altar to like, which is actually, if you look at it, Jeffrey Dahmer was trying to live the life that Adolfo Constanzo was doing. Very similar in terms of mm-hmm. like ritualistic, very intense personal Ugh. sexual murder. It's almost creepier with a Midwest accent. So, it is. <laughs> oh, you didn't. You got to take the heart out. You, you cut the brain. You shot the brain. But is that just You hard? shot the brain. Now we can't use the brain for the ritual. Is this just our xenophobia, though, where we're like, it's for Adolfo Constanzo, you're like, Man, he's just fucking. I guess he was real scary in the drug oh, it trade. It definitely sounds cool in a smooth Spanish accent. <laughs> oh, you took the freaking. You freaking took the brain. You know what the Gosh. problem with 
The problem with boiling all these different types of dicks at once is that some cook at different temperatures, and then I got some of them burned at the bottom of the pot, and I went and I got, I shouldn't have used my LaCroissette. Not for this. This is too good. Still sounds kind of like a good Midwestern guy to me. <laughs> so as soon as the drug dealer died as a result of the torture, Constanzo, uh. full of frustration, turned to his followers and gave them a command. Next time, he said, bring me an American. Oh, we will scream. Someone blonde and soft. Specifically, he said, quote, Bring me someone I can use. Someone who will scream. I love that he is like, give me a pudgy American. We need a bitch. It really is true. It's just like, and it cuts to me leaving my accountant job every day. Like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, man. I was just thinking life is kind of boring. Could use some adventure. I tell you what, I could really use a mix up every once in a while. It's nice to have something unsuspected to happen. Now, this command couldn't have come at a more convenient time for the cult. America was right in the swing of that year's spring break. And Matamoros, being right on the border, was full to the brim with underage students looking to spend a week drunk. Spring break, I don't want to sound like a parent, but in the 80s... Mexico, very freaking scary. There's no rules. No rules. Everyone is so fucking hammered. I would have, again, thank God, six foot seven man. Nobody would have abducted me, but good Lord, you got to be careful out there. I would have (laughs) tried. No. I I mean, mean, to be honest, if I was little Seraphine and I looked at you. You would would have tried to abduct me. Think about how Adolfo would be so happy with me if I got a big boy. If you want a screamer. Fuck. No, I mean, this story right here, like we went to for our senior trip, we went to South Padre uh, Island. That's right. South Texas. Uh, They told us that if we went to Matamoros, we would not graduate from high school. Uh, That's how fucking serious they were about it. And it's because of this story right here. This story, this story ruined a lot of spring breaks. And let me ask, um, can I ask an inappropriate question before we get into this whole into how grisly all of this shit is. Fire away. I told him, Marcus, I told Henry on side stories that we've privatized uh, free speech jail. Uh, next two months, like, we're oh, say, oh, free speech jail looks like it's closed. He's like, no, we actually just signed a big privatized contract. I, yeah. So the prison's actually bigger than ever. There was a work release program that I'm <laughs> yeah. supposed to go and a part of it was that because I've shown good behavior, I'm supposed to go do this. I'm supposed to oil up the Swedish bikini team as a part of my work release program. From, <laughs> That's right, yes. From, Your wife is going to love that new job of yours. This is a job! Don't you want <laughs> health insurance? Um, but do you feel, was there ever any sort of like, not happiness, but the story like didn't involve Texas tech that because it didn't involve is, Texas tech it involved university of Texas. Oh. But because oh, of how, yeah. because your of guns up. your intense, almost, I'm not going to say hatred. ignorant, yeah. but the, the, the hatred all of the colleges have for each other within Texas. Did this kind of fall along Texas University party lines? Of course not, you fucking psychopath. No. I am saying <laughs> it's a social experiment. That's that does not belong in that does not send him to free speech jail. He's just asking questions. I just ask questions. You are allowed to ask questions. <laughs> just yes. curiosity is not illegal yet. No, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Well, one of those students was Mark Kilroy, a 21-year-old attending the University of Texas. He'd gone to Matamoros with a couple of buddies and spent a fair amount of time drinking, incidentally, at Los Sombreros, which was the favorite hangout of the Hernandez brothers, and also the place where fucking El Doobie had already killed a guy. 
And that's insane that they're going down to spring break and just going into these fucking bars where murderers are hanging out. Yeah. Because at the time, you are on spring break. So you yeah. think everybody's on spring break. I think right. that you show up to these bars and you think everyone's here for a good time. Right, and, right. And the people serving you drinks, they love that you're there. And, and the people that run the rest, they love that you're there. Even though, I mean, they do love your, that you're there. They need your money. They're very yeah. thankful for your money. But at the same Apparently time. they also need your heart and your brain for a human sacrifice, which is not good. <laughs> But but you know, you might as well ask the same thing about the American workforce. They well, need your heart and your brain. Well, that is freaking true. 40-hour work week. A little too long, if you ask me. I agree. But that wasn't where the shit went down. Eventually, Mark and his friends made their way to a place called Hard Rock Cafe. But not the Hard Rock Cafe. It was originally called London Pub, but during spring break, uh, but during spring break, they changed the name to Hard Rock Cafe mm. to bring in all the drunk tourists. Well, they must have noticed immediately it wasn't a real Hard Rock Cafe because there was no rock stars there. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Andy Van Slash is always there. there. Slash wasn't there. He's yet. always hanging out. Have you We're ever like, seen him the at, the, at the university, the Universal City Walk? Yeah, of course. Just hanging out at Hard That's Rock. That's where they hang out. He loves it. But honestly, what would I give for? Hard Rock Cafe Matamoros shirt. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah. I survived. Great. Good for you. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's. Website platform? It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say they're problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. 
what works for you. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So after Mark and his friends got suitably wasted at the fake hard rock, they began the long stumble over the bridge back to Brownsville. Oof. But Mark, being considerably drunker than his friends, fell behind. And since they were considerably drunk themselves, they didn't really notice. Oh, uh, no, no soldier left behind. No, no. Always. Come on. Come on. And that was when Mark was spotted by Little Seraphine and El Gato who were both scanning the bridge for a suitable victim for Adolfo Constanzo. It's so, it's so like a movie. It's so, it really it's is. It's so weird because it's these gangs of literally cult members just like watching the streets, waiting for one, because that's all they were doing. They're waiting for a weak yeah. person at the end of a pack. Yeah. I mean, if, you are, if you're like hunting and you're like, we're hunting drunk Americans who cross the border, I guess it's probably, you're going to get one. Yeah. We are definitely yeah. going to be doing that. Yeah. So, Little Seraphine and El Gato pulled up and asked Mark if he needed a ride over the bridge. And Mark said that he did. And he was fucked up and he had drank too much. Let me tell you, though, it, are one of you dressed up as a cat? <laughs> a jellical cat? You want to make a jellical cat joke? This man is about to be abducted and this is what the joke you want to make? I am not dressed up as a cat. I am you a cat. You are a cat. Thank you, jellical cat. 
Well, Mark Kilroy got in the truck, but when the abductors stopped at a bar called Sergeant Pepper's for a piss break before heading out of town, Kilroy finally felt that something was real fucking wrong. He got out of the truck and drunkenly ran toward the border, but unfortunately for him, El Mariposa and the flirt were acting as backup. And when they yelled freeze at Mark Kilroy, he did as he was told. Why do I think that the flirt dressed like one of the girls from White Christmas as they were singing with the with the nice flowers and all the feathers and stuff? Remember that? What are White you talking Christmas? about? White I Christmas? You don't watch that with your mother? When you were <laughs> we can cut it out. It's just <laughs> creepy. It's just like you White Christmas. I feel like a fucking chill up my spine. Are you talking it's about classic. the Bing Crosby movie? Yeah, just yeah, some about you. You don't watch it with your mother all the no, time? No, I just <laughs> see the opposite. I see you shirtless <laughs> sitting on your couch with just your basketball shorts on, drinking Jack Daniels eggnog watching White Christmas and singing along with and crying mom. alone. I love that movie. Of course I watched that, yeah. Well, the flirt and El Mariposa identified themselves as police and told Mark Kilroy that he was under arrest for public drunkenness. And Mark, being the good, trusting American boy that he was, did what he was told by what he thought was an authority figure. Well, they I had mean, honestly, in the drunk mind of Mark, he has to be like, they are right. Well, no, they yeah. had badges. They had badges. They had the paperwork. They had the what looked like, especially if you're bleary-eyed hammered. Yeah, yeah. Because how many times have you had that? Like, have you had a party busted up by a bunch of cops? And, you, you know, I remember back in the day when people would just, like, scatter, like, in college, where the cops would come and everyone would jump all the fences and run away. <laughs> yeah. But this, like, I, you're caught dead to rights yeah. by a cop, ostensibly. In a foreign country. Yeah, and you just go, like... What are you going to do? You'd be like, yeah, because you probably have heard the story how, how many times people have been picked up by public for public drunkenness. They get thrown in the drunk tank, and then they're, they're there all night. So you kind of figure like, oh, fuck, I'm off to call my buddies in the morning. And so Oof. in some way, you're, you're scared, but it's also this weird kind of weird rite of passage where mm. you got arrested on spring break, and he has no clue that, that it was a trap. Brutal. Yeah. He went back in little Seraphine's truck willingly and began the journey toward the ritual shed at Rancho Santa Elena. Once they were out of town, Mark was bound by duct tape. And once they arrived at the ranch, he waited, because Adolfo was out of town, and the cult couldn't very well start without him. So for a full day, Mark Kilroy sat in the bed of little Seraphine's truck, bound and gagged. The only person to show him kindness was the caretaker, Domingo Bustamante, who briefly removed the duct tape from Mark's mouth to feed him scrambled eggs out of pity. But he definitely wasn't going to save him because, no. again, he was—he truly was only a ranch hand. So he yeah. is on—he is on the the, the where the Devil's Ranch would become known as, and he knows that he's—he hates the suffering that this dude is going through. But Ugh. he also knows that he can't release him because then you get on the wrong side of Constanza's cult. Yeah, you're really damned if you do, damned if you don't. Also, Marcus, I'm really upset you said the word scrambled eggs because. Uh, Toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> oh my God. How did you know that? Caroline has been watching Frasier all week long and I've just been walking through the house going, maybe I hear that blues and scrambled eggs. That's how I got it. it again. I will say, um, I don't know if Adolfo Constanzo got to see Frasier. I don't know. All I know is, honestly, we could still do a full episode on Kelsey Grammer's life. That is another horror story. I don't want to get involved. No. I don't want it because he's, he's worse than the cartels because Kelsey Grammer will show up. Well, he has real power, doesn't he? <laughs> but once Constanzo arrived, that's when shit 
Got bad. It's going to get real fucking awful from here on out. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, I don't know if you've already experienced it. You, like, you should just uh, understand that all of this is gold star from going. Yeah. This is going to be nasty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Kilroy was taken to the ceremonial shed where Constanzo, Elio, and Martin were waiting. He was sodomized and castrated while he was still alive. And when Constanzo split his skull open with a machete, little Seraphine, who was waiting outside, said it sounded like a coconut being cracked open. Oh. Constanzo then scooped out Kilroy's brains and threw them into the Nganga, saying that the brains of an American college student would make the Nkisi more intelligent and therefore more powerful. I mean, to be fair, he's obviously never met an American college student. Mm. It's not going to make mm. him more intelligent. No. After that, though, he brought in the rest of his followers for the mutilation. El Duby was handed the machete and told to cut off Kilroy's legs, which he did, chopping off the feet oh. first before moving on to the knees. And the rest of the cultists, now numb to this whole fucking process, made jokes as El Duby did the whole fucking operation. Who would ever make jokes when talking or seeing something horrific? What they said last week, um, yeah, not us. Yeah, not us. Um, but they, <laughs> we uh, they said oh, last week, gosh. I believe we said this, they said that... It, but the point that you get to the, by the time you get to the point that you are dismembering the body, right. you, it is just meat. Yeah. So they can distance themselves because so, they weren't allowed inside of the shack when he was doing the actual ceremony. So they are not there experiencing the actual death. They're there as a part of the like the ritualistic what they're doing, like how they treat the body before they put it in the ungodly. So Adolfo did these things alone, and then he, he would had, let like the, two people. Oh, I see. Honestly, how long does it take? I, mean, I don't know if anyone will know this. Marcus, you know bones. But if you mm-hmm. have a machete, how do you just chop off? It's not a freaking, it's not It's not a movie made by Sam Raimi. How do you chop off a leg with a machete? That that doesn't just happen. It must take like time. You have to like it hack it. It takes a while. Yeah. It, takes, oh. it takes a while. You got to break through, you got to break through the bones. Like unless the machete is extraordinarily sharp. Yeah, oh my God. It's going to take time. It's not going to be a fast process. At, even if the machete is sharp, it's not going to be a fast process. Well, they said that was a part of the, a part of the ritual was that Adolfo Constanzo would sharpen the machete in front of you. Because he's building oh, the God tension of damn. fear. So he did keep his machete incredibly sharp. And then, again, he had gotten so used to the motion oh. of it that he got good at it. Right. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this was El Duby that was cutting off the legs of the yeah. corpse. Okay. He then grabbed Constanzo's dagger and cut open Kilroy's chest. He pulled out the heart and joining in on the ritual said, quote, My soul is dead. I am no longer a human being. The Nganga was then fed the heart, and Kilroy's spine was cut away to let it be made into another necklace. What was left of the body was then shoved into a grave, and the cult most likely punctuated the entire experience with burgers and fries, as was their custom after performing a murder ritual. And that's why we here at Whataburger, we love our (laughs) Whataburger families. Are you hungry? Oh my God. Oh, shit. It's just... The burgers and fries, first of all, such a traditionally American food. That's our that's our culture. I loved burgers and fries. That was burgers and fries. But it's also just such a basic thing. You eat it after a soccer game. Yep. Yeah. You know, like burgers and fries. It's just well, so. Oh, that's man. where the cultiness 
really shows itself where how this has become a part of their regular behavior. This is not right. like they all become a hive mind of a serial killer where they just because the rush is now over. Yeah. So no one was on a diet in the group. No one was like, oh, never mind. I don't want a burger and fries. I'd rather have a toss salad and scrambled <laughs> Nobody said that. No. Nobody said that. Isn't Nobody that fun? That. Well, I'm having fun here. Now, naturally, the dis- <laughs> you are. You are. No, I'm coming someone- again. It's, again. It's hard in America right now. You know what I mean? We it all is hard in America. It is. Now, naturally, the disappearance of a white college student in Matamoros was statewide news, bordering on national, but there were no leads to be had at all. Furthermore, Mexican police were trying to pass the buck by claiming that Kilroy had disappeared in Brownsville, not Matamoros, saying it ain't our our fucking job. What do you want us to do? However, while the media blitz that came with the disappearance of Mark Kilroy came as a complete surprise to Constanzo... No witnesses came forward, no cult members leaked the truth, and the murder ranch was still way off the police radar. As far as the cult was concerned, they were safe, and Constanzo was telling them that even though the police searched everywhere for Mark, still they could not touch the cult, and it was this overconfidence that eventually got them caught. But on the other hand, Constanzo did resume killing two weeks later with no consequence whatsoever. See, the cult still had that 1,700 pounds of weed, and Adolfo convinced the cult that they just couldn't get rid of it without magical protection, which could now only be gained through human sacrifice. God, this is why we have to stop these kids young when it comes to playing D&D. We got a nip in the bud. We got a nip in the You are becoming this is nerds. This is nerd cartels. I can't uh, handle this because I get so mad because I watched the Oprah special and the Matamoros killings too. Oprah and had all, a lot to say back then. It's immediately <laughs> vilifying dice. Yeah, dice has nothing to do. Are you with a dragon human sacrifice? Or a man? It's a game <laughs> for nerds. Let them have an imagine. They they are allergic to air. Half these nerds, half these people have butt cheeks scarred by yeah. wedgies. They, they let them be wizards. That's how you make a supervillain. <laughs> so, for the cult's second to last victim, Adolfo Constanzo chose a regular dude named Gilberto Sosa. See, Sosa had the unfortunate luck to fall in love with Adolfo Constanzo's madrina, Sarah Aldretti. She was fucking hat. Oh, no. Now, what was amazing about Sarah's part in this story was that throughout the whole thing, she was still going to college in Brownsville to study teaching during the day. And it was there that she'd met Gilberta Sosa. And in fact, I watched uh, an episode of Deadly Cults where they mm. talked to a couple of her uh, <laughs> classmates and just all of them were like, yeah, you know, she was kind of witchy, but otherwise she was a real nice girl. I don't know how you do the most intense human sacrifice, some of the most intense murders we've ever covered on the last podcast and left, and then just go to school. Like, I can kind of see you go into like, I well, guess being a t- going and being an Instagram influencer. Yeah, maybe. I can see like that working out. But I guess that's part of the power, right? The duality of it all. I'm just going to school yeah. to be a teacher, then cut to her at freaking midnight eating somebody's heart. I guess they not eating. I'm eat. sorry. Not <laughs> eating. They're not I just being cross the line. It's factual. Just cutting, it's just being some, factual. It's just just cutting being factual. somebody's heart out and putting it in an enganga without <laughs> eating it. They're being very <laughs> naughty interior decorators. That's it. Demo day. Well, there's also the argument that Sarah Aldretti actually didn't participate in any of the murders, but we'll get to that here in a bit. 
Now, she and Gilberto Sosa had dated briefly, but after Sarah hooked up with Adolfo Constanzo, she began ignoring Gilberto. But Gilberto just couldn't leave it alone. And after Sarah told Constanzo about Gilberto's persistence, Constanzo saw an opportunity. He ordered Sarah to invite Gilberto over to her house so he could, quote unquote, take care of it. And she did as she was told. As soon as Gilberto arrived at Sarah's home, Elgato shoved a gun into his ribs and forced him out to a car that was bound for the shed. Now, maybe the cult was juiced up by the assumption that they'd gotten away with killing an American, but the cultists set upon Gilberto Sosa with a group frenzy that hadn't yet been seen in the ritual murders. They swarmed their victim all at once, cutting off fingers and toes and flailing at him with fists and knives all while he was still alive. Jeez. And finally, Constanzo gave El Gato the privilege of slashing Sosa's throat for the inevitable blood draining. And to tell you how truly routine this had all become to the cult, the whole group paused the ritual after the killing to eat burgers and fries. More wow. burgers and fries! <laughs> I mean, again, we here at the Whataburger family, we appreciate loyalty, and we want as many Jeez. people as possible to be delighted by our flat burgers and our very brown flies. Heart, well, the heart disease is a silent killer, and it will be caused by too many burgers and fries, but I think these people are worse than heart disease. Yeah. You think oh, wow. so? I think so. You are simply, you're like a UN ambassador. You know today. what I decided I want to be? Andy Rooney. What's the deal with license plates? I think that that is uh, <laughs> almost inevitable for you. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Why would anyone wear flip flops? Who likes to make noise like they're a duck when they walk? <laughs> you are going to be. I think you can't escape that fate. <laughs> well, yeah, they paused the. It was but to, in the middle of the ritual after the killing. Like, hey guys, let's go have some burgers and fries. I'm fucking pooped. I'm famished. Jeez. And then after they finished up, they. Finished the ritual. They put. Th- they waited until after eating to throw all of the brains and gore and all that into the ingangas because they're trying to juice the upcoming drug deal. Adolfo, though, man, you think that this time we can all get milkshakes instead of cokes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just this one time. Yay! Thanks, Padrino. Demonic group of freaking maniacs. But before they did the drug deal, the cult had one more murder to commit, although this one was more related to the drug trade than Napalo Mayambe. Before we get to this, I do have a question when it comes to human skinning. Yeah. How long? Because you say they're alive. True question. How I mean, how does that work? How long can you be skinned before your body is just like, tap out, dude, you got to die? That's I have a no idea. idea. That is it's not a, a question. That is not information I have access to. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's a horrible, um, grisly question well i don't know because it's horrifying because all of this is just everyone you're the one who asks the questions i'm asking a question as well toss talent and scramble okay. but what i'm saying is it because you're doing all of this when they're alive yeah i just do want to know maybe side stories lpotl at gmail.com i'm not sure how anyone would know that answer. i because honestly i'm really afraid if you do have the answer because it means you might have done it no my, you can all i mean you know my educated guess uh, is that someone would probably go into shock long before uh, they bled to death if you're skinning them alive. Yeah. That's huh? just my guess, though. Okay, all right. I know. I don't really... know why both of you are acting like you have skinned corpses in your basement right now. <laughs> no. And you guys don't. You definitely have the answer, but you guys are not telling me. I've never skinned a corpse, but I have a lot of corpse skin. 
<laughs> that's just not my body because no one tells you what happens yeah, when you lose weight. I know. <laughs> well, about nine months previous to all this, El Doobie, like we said, he'd killed a drug dealer at Los Sombreros. And the dealer's buddy, a guy named Victor Saucita, was out for revenge. So when Constanzo learned of this plot, he hired two police officers to lure Saucita into their patrol car. They then drove Saucita to an alley and pushed him out where Elio Hernandez and two other cultists were waiting. And after being taken to the shed, Saucita looked up and saw Constanzo standing before him, who cinematically said, Welcome to the house of the devil. Your soul belongs to me now. Constanzo then chopped off Saucita's fingers and ears, castrated him, gutted him, and removed the skin from his face before finally removing the brains from his head. And after his body was found, the autopsy, in what sounds like a cheeky simplification, listed the cause of death as, quote, an absence of brain. This man has senator syndrome. Wow, you are the funniest corner of all time. Call call the capital steps. Henry has an application waiting. I'll kill each one of them. I'll kill each one of them with a guillotine if I was given the opportunity. There you go. Wow. Meanwhile, the cult still had to sell all this weed. And the that's, deal- what I was gonna, that's what I was thinking about. Also, no, no, uh, Henry, you would know this. Doesn't weed go bad? It can get stale, but it takes a long time. But they're yeah. not... They're not really concerned about the quality. Again, this is not this fucking is like nug. high times in Sherman Oaks. No, you know what I mean? Like right. this is like this is not a good spot. Like they are just shipping weed to America. But this also shows that they gave up on the business side. Yeah. Right. I know that's a like, weird thing to point out, but right. at this point you realize <laughs> that like you feel like at some point they're all like, hey, didn't we have almost a ton of marijuana? Like we thought we were supposed to be like moving that. Yeah, whatever shit. happened, to all that. Yeah. They're like, they're like, no, no, this is the real work. The nganga is the real work, right. and they're like, no, no, no. But I thought actually the nganga was supposed to help the weed work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's no money. <laughs> you can't monetize the nganga. <laughs> But the deal was proven harder to make than the cult hoped it'd be, because they'd gotten a bit of a reputation as double-crossing murderers. Where? How? I don't know how. (laughs) Took a bit to find a buyer, but finally they hooked a guy in Houston named Chacho. But just a few days before the weed was set to be smuggled across the Rio Grande, little Seraphine fucked up and brought the whole operation down with him in an act of stupefying hubris. It really must have been his big hat and his droopy mustache. I really blame it. I blame his mustache. Really? See, little Seraphine, like all the other members of the cult, believed Adolfo's bullshit about being invisible to the cops, especially since they committed two more murders after Mark Kilroy without a hint of investigative attention. Uh Uh-oh. So, when little Seraphine saw a police checkpoint on the road ahead as he was driving back to the ranch one day, he figured the rules didn't apply, and he blew right through without even slowing down. Well, he took that way too literally. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a plot from, like, a Chris Farley movie. Where right. He legitimately can't see thought, me. What are you, John Cena? Yeah, he can't. Uh, he thought he was invisible. Right, yeah. but it's more of a it's more of a metaphor for us being yeah. sneaky. Yeah, 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 but they, he didn't know that. Little Seraphine was stupid, and yeah. so he thought he was legitimately like that. Everywhere he went, a hat just floated, and then he went and picked up like you know, if he picked up a drink, it would float up and down, and people would go. Oh. Whoa, but I don't think he understood. Whoa. No one had the reaction like that, so you're not invisible. Yeah. So Very you invisible. Are, people are seeing you all the time. They saw you all the rest of the time you were in town. So why would they not see you now? 
Well, he thought that they were, he was invisible to the cops. Mm, and he thought that as long as he got to Rancho Santa Elena, he would magically disappear, just like Constanzo said. And that the cops would be magically stopped at the property line. This is not at all what happened. No, okay. Instead, the cops followed him right onto the ranch, where they quickly found a statue of the trickster god, Elagua. And this immediately told the cops, who'd heard rumors of Dark Santeria in the area, that they were, in fact, dealing with with witches or brujira and this legitimately freaked them out they, yeah. they, they are because they've seen a lot of this shit now as you get get deeper reading about cartels you see that they are there's a lot of santa Morte, there's a lot of santeria there's a lot of like weird magical tinges to it and they don't like fucking with it in any way shape mm-hmm. or form without their own brujeria there with them mm. yeah curandero they then forced little Seraphine to unlock the ranch warehouse where cops found 60 pounds of dirt weed and a bunch of guns. And before the entire Hernandez family knew it, they were all in jail, but only on drug charges. At this point, no one was investigating murder. But to the cops, the Hernandez gang was suspiciously calm. They were laughing like they thought that at any second, El Padrino's magic would somehow save them and they'd wow. be set free. So to get them talking, the federales tortured them using a Mexican interrogation technique called presión moral, or moral pressure. Using a mixture of soda water and Tabasco, the cops shook up the bottle and sprayed the concoction up the noses of the Hernandez brothers, causing searing pain and a sensation of drowning. (laughs) It's it's spicy waterboarding. Yeah, Yeah. that is (laughs) nasty. Woo! But what really blew the lid off the whole cult operation was the questioning of Domingo Bustamante, the ranch's caretaker. This was the man who had fed Mark Kilroy scrambled eggs just before his murder. And after seeing that the Hernandez brothers were in custody, Domingo Bustamante started talking. See, Domingo wasn't a part of all this ritual bullshit, so he was happy to spill the beans about everything he finally got released i love a good caretaker they know everything yeah he started with the drug trafficking but what caught his eye was a missing poster hanging on the wall of the police station that featured who else but mark kilroy domingo casually mentioned that he knew the boy that he'd fed him eggs and that domingo knew that he'd been murdered and after that it was all downhill for Adolfo Constanzo's cult. Little Seraphine's so fucking stupid. Well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> thank God it has to end. Yes. Yeah. The first to be questioned was Little Seraphine, who sang like a bird about every detail. If you see him... Even if they and, can't see you, they can still hear you. <laughs> yeah. All of the uh, footage that you'll see of someone speaking about, like, the, there's a little chubby guy with a mustache. That's Little Seraphine. And yeah. he told them everything <laughs> still he told believing everything <laughs> still believing that adolfo's magic would save him he admitted to the trafficking the oh murder my of mark, god the murder of mark kilroy and the murder of over a dozen others in a matter of fact tone that implied he believed no consequences were coming in fact little seraphine's tone in the recorded confessions it's damn near sheepish it's like he's slightly embarrassed to admit that this is actually what he believed but hey you know it's what i believe so call me crazy yeah he's very he's like oh i know we're a little quirky around <laughs> just here cut to adolfo's brain being like i should have told him i should have had a day on allegory should have had a day this idea of symbolism yeah theory and, uh, and this God idea that it. like 
magic needs some practical magic to bring yeah. it back to Sandra Bullock. Practical magic. We yeah. need he kind of, really thought he was invisible, didn't he? It needs he? help. We need ah. help here. The magic just helps. Yeah. <laughs> now, this, of course, surprised the hell out of the police. Uh, they'd gone to the ranch three times, and they hadn't looked into the shed even once. Because as far as they were concerned, this was strictly a drug case. And, you know, a shed's a shed. Fucking but, ranches know, are full of sheds. And also, they, they knew if they opened up the shed, there was going to be a bunch of bodies. Well, and they were just like, we're just going to make it a drug thing. I don't even want it. Well, yada, yada, the shed. That's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. And also, but they did notice it smelled. But mm-hmm. they didn't want... Again, I think I you're think right. I don't think they want to be involved. <laughs> they just really were like, scary as shit. That stinky shed seems pretty suspicious, but... Uh, Weed is bad. Weed uh, is bad. <laughs> but after his confession, little Seraphine took the cops to the shed where they found candles and kettles filled with goat heads, dead roosters, and rotting turtles, all amidst coins, half-smoked cigars, and empty rum bottles cops looked up at the ceiling and found two wires twisted into loops that were used to suspend victims by their wrists and looked down at the floor to see tools used to drain victims of their blood. Everything was covered in or splattered with sticky black blood. And in the middle of the whole mess was the Nganga, overflowing with gore, maggots, and the telltale 28 sticks that marked it as a Palo Mayombe ritual object. I tell you the first thing, I went to chef school. This sauce is over-reduced. Definitely. (laughs) And you see one wooden panel that just says, home, sweet home. Um, (laughs) They would literally hang out, smoke cigars, and get hammered in this room, huh? Well, no, part of the ritual was cigars. Cigar smoke was a part of the ritual. Rum was a part of the ritual. So they weren't in there playing, like, you know, war. (laughs) They weren't playing card games. No, they weren't a bunch of dogs playing poker in there. Okay, okay, (laughs) okay. No, it was... That's ritualistic stuff. That's ritualistic stuff. I was like, damn, you could party anywhere. Remember all this... Remember, all this stuff comes from Cuba. So, you know, cigars are going to be a big part of it. Rum's going to be a big part of it. Right. But instead of bagging all this up for evidence, the cops called a wizard to exercise the building. Got These to. cops don't want anything to do with the cartels. It's very scary. It's very scary, <laughs> and they are very suspicious. We better get a wizard on this. I gotta go. <laughs> what are you talking about? They gotta get a guy with a scepter and a big hat in there because they don't want to touch any of this magical shit because they don't want it to follow them back home. Yeah. They're yeah. very, very scared of what's going on inside of that shed. They need to have a wizard come in and destroy all the evidence. But then spir- the truth. So spiritually they are scared, but then also they do know, unless you cover your fucking head, that's why the cops tend to be fully covered. Like, they will hunt you down and kill your whole family. Yep. Well, right? I mean, the this cartels? is... I mean, but this isn't cartel business. Like the Adolfo Constanza was not involved in the, the big, big cartels. Oh, yeah, okay, the okay. big the big boys. This was this was a gang. This was a, a small drug trafficking operation. Cartels are that is a whole. That's cartel, a whole we're not even. Thing. That's the thing in this whole story. We're not even talk. We haven't really talked about drug cartels at all. Yeah, this does not involve the drug cartels. This is small time bullshit. Like what we're in the middle of, like this is very much so. Like this is just one little. I feel like that's how they got to survive for so long. Is because they did not personally. Adolfo Consanzo right. didn't fuck with the big cartels because if they found out, I mean, in the end, I imagine if a big cartel found out that you were even sectioning off even a part of their money, they right. come and fucking kill you. I'd yeah. love to see okay. that movie of Adolfo Consanzo versus. The actual cartels and what that would be like. <laughs> so this yeah. is a this is a drug trade side quest. Side quest. Okay. <laughs> shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. 
because dog can't give you its opinion. But every month we deliver dogs and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. And then the dog shows you what they like. It's incredible. Only I could teach Wendy to use an iPad. She's so resistant. She scratches it up, barks at it, barks at me. But if she could use it, she'd order BarkBox for herself. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. And for a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. How about that? Wendy loves her little toys. Carmi has become quite a terrorist when it comes to her toys. And she's a murderer. She rips these things up. But, you know, we got some high-quality, tough toys from BarkBox. And she absolutely loves them. And our family could not be happier. <laughs> and if you just want a slice of this joy, you got to go to BarkBox. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash left. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah. Very key. You got to communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data. And you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me, because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma. Here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today. Right. But Grammarly really does help. Because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. Planning the perfect proposal. Oh, I want to do it at the Hindenburg. <laughs> I want to do it at the Hindenburg Memorial. Celebrating your love and looking forward to the rest of your lives. And if you're lucky, it's short. The only part that's not so special, shopping for an engagement ring, if you don't know what you're doing. That's where BlueNile.com comes in. Especially if you don't feel like talking to your mother. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with little or no feedback from their mother. With Blue Nile, you can create a brilliant piece at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Why use anything traditional? Blue Nile also offers a diamond price guarantee, which means that they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. And I sent you to Stephen, my guy, but you still refuse and you decide to go with your Blue Nile little thing because, oh, it's got 100% satisfaction guarantee with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And sometimes Steven doesn't answer your calls. And sometimes Steven loses the rings. But that's where you don't understand. Because Steven was there for me 
when your father wasn't. And honestly, so now is Blue Nile. Because every time I call, they pick up with their 24-7 customer support. And they hear all about my hands hurting and how I've got, they have to reverse my feet at the doctor. They, they said, and they, but eventually they said it's temporary. They're going to put it back forward. But oh, thank you, Blue Nile, for not picking up, even though I texted my son. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, this guy, this fucking, this wizard, well, I mean, okay, Curand, Cur, Curandero, that's, that would be the mm-hmm. proper name for him. Okay. He came in, he knocked over everything in the shed and broke anything breakable, all in an attempt to defeat the evil. You would you call in some places you'd call it evidence. Yeah, but he <laughs> he destroyed like it. it. Yeah, he destroyed all. Yeah. Of it. But what Here they call it an exorcism. But honestly, that's not wizardry. That's just I could do that. <laughs> well, yeah, what you, you gotta you gotta mumble packaging. shit while you're doing yeah. it the whole time. You need beads. Tessalon scrambled. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, they're like, this man he loves these Fraser. He is pure. Yeah. All right. Well, investigators then ordered little Seraphine to lead them to the body of Mark Kilroy, which Seraphine could easily find. Like with the hitchhiker we talked about at the end of the last episode, the cult had wrapped a metal wire around Kilroy's vertebrae so it could be pulled out later so they could make a necklace out of it. And as such, Mark Kilroy's grave was marked only by a metal clothing wire sticking up out of the ground. After his body was exhumed, investigators continued digging and eventually found 14 other mutilated, sodomized, castrated, partially decapitated bodies. The casualness of like how they pointed out the graves right. was kind of crazy because it's little Seraphine literally walk around and be like, we got one here, we got one here, yeah, there's a couple over there. Like He okay. says all of this shit and being like, you just gave the federales. 14 bodies and you're all still laughing and acting like all this shit's not going to be anything but then wow. what happens is every single time little seraphine laughs or asks they were they would do this like fun thing where uh in order to tor- in order for the cops to torture somebody they would just take them behind the shed so that no one would see what you but you'd hear them quack quack right. going, ah! and then they come back out and be oh, like yeah. little seraphine has stopped smiling they do that here. There's a reason prisons have blind spots. Uh, mm-hmm. It is not for privacy reasons. It's so the guards can beat the living fuck out of inmates. That This, to me, makes it seem like the cult is really in full, right? When it comes to Adolfo, oh, they're fully, when it comes yeah. to mind control. Because it reminds oh, yeah. me of the Manson family girls, where mm-hmm. it's like, you guys are in way over your head. You guys are going to prison forever. And you're laughing like there has to be such a disconnect from reality here for these people. Ignorance being taken over by a charismatic leader. It's a lot of power because they didn't still they're just like 14. Maybe we'll get 15. Seriously. Realize that this was this is a big fucking deal. Fucking evidence. that's going to put all of you away forever. Wow. Soon enough, the cops began rounding up other cultists and Elio, the flirt and El Mariposa joined Little Seraphine in jail. Ovidio, however, temporarily evaded capture and was able to warn Constanzo, Sarah, Martin, El Duby, and El Gato. Most of them holed up at a Brownsville Holiday Inn. And from there, Constanzo called his mother and, according to Sarah, told her this in his customary baby voice. Mommy, I have to run. 
the police are after me. I am innocent, but I have to hide. Don't believe what you're going to see on television. All the terrible things, mommy. I can't tell you anymore. I'm sorry. I love you, mommy. Unfortunately, what he doesn't realize is the only thing stronger than a mother's love is her belief in television. <laughs> and uh, anything that is said on there, she will believe. <laughs> I'm st- my mom is still upset with eggs. Oh, yeah, but she I'm flip-flopping on eggs. Flip-flop on the eggs. We still don't know what to do with the eggs. Uh, Eat them. <laughs> then Constanzo immediately switched back to murder cult wizard leader voice and turned to his fucking followers and said, quote, Vamanos, let's go. And then he escaped to Mexico City. Now, with the discovery of the ranch and the 15 bodies contained therein that included missing American Mark Kilroy, the media went predictably nuts. Yep. They quickly dubbed the cult Narcosatanicos. Yeah. Although, as, as we know, yeah, fucking Satan had absolutely nothing to do with it. But, but Narcosatanicos sounds fucking amazing. Satan, yeah, I mean, it Satan, makes sense. Satan. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it works. I mean, they weren't particularly great at drug dealing either. <laughs> no, no, man. They, they seem to really. Uh, there was a lack of foresight. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was a catchy name for the media. And before long, they'd muddled the entire message. And who else but Geraldo had predictably jumped on the bandwagon with another special on Satanism, which I think by that point was his third or fourth. He Satan. was breaking news. Satan. Is he not the worst? <laughs> Coming up on Geraldo next. Geraldo, great mustache, works out a lot. He loves his elliptical. He likes he his does. selfies. He likes showing his bulls. He is very, very buff. But then mm-hmm. Oprah, I watched the Oprah special too. And again, it's like 15 minutes of like really serious talk about Mark Kilroy and all of this shit that happened to Matamoros. And then immediately is like, it goes straight into D&D is evil. Right, right. <laughs> well, absolutely. Now, a few of the cult members were getting picked up here and there. But El Gato was living up to his reputation as the clever one. After being <laughs> Oh, that jellico yes, cat. Yeah? Yeah. After being arrested, he convinced police that he was nothing more than an innocent student, and no one has seen El Gato since. What? He has the Mengele finale where he's just he's just gone. No idea. No, you could see him just like he might have been in the background of cats. He may have been a jellical cat. <laughs> yeah, no one knows where El Gato is. We no one knows if he's alive. No one knows anything. Have we checked the pound? <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, check the burger shops at least. Apparently, he loves those. This is the real story of Heathcliff. Wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, little Seraphine, Elio, the Flirt, and El Mariposa were behind bars having a laugh because they believed that they were all magically protected and at any moment, something would happen to save them all. But eventually, Elio cracked after a Federale fired three bullets from an AK-47 right next to his head, bursting his eardrum. And Elio gave information on all of Constanzo's homes and apartments across Mexico. Each home was immaculately kept, but each one had a room of the dead that had its own less powerful inganga full of rotting blood, human organs, dead animals, and maggots. And all this was broadcast on the news after each discovery. Isn't that weird how we always judge people based on the worst quality, though? The rest of the house is clean. Yes, one, uh, one room has a bunch of maggots and a bunch of hearts and brains. And a, but the rest of the house, if you take a look at it, is fairly nice. Yeah, and, uh, and I heard he was actually very nice to the UPS guys. Yes, yes indeed. 
Well, for Constanzo's part, he laughed at the ignorance of the public for labeling all of them Satanist. But he was more than a little concerned that all of his followers were spilling the beans to whoever would listen. And he should fucking talk. He's the one that cho- he chose the most, like, you know, quote-unquote hardcore god to believe in. Like, he believed in Kari and Pembe. All of his shit, I mean, he lived up to it. But in the beginning, yeah. he just sounded like, like a fucking kind of Satanist poser. Sounds yeah. to me like a kid who played D&D growing up. Don't vilify <laughs> D&D! That's all I know. Being a bard is dumb, but it teaches you the importance of song. Henry, are you a lizard or are you a man? Right now, it depends. If, let me see if I fail my role or not to become a lizard. This is what's problem. This is the problem. <laughs> I am a man! So, to protect himself... Constanzo performed another ritual, but tellingly did so without a human sacrifice that would have most likely drawn attention. Instead, Constanzo used rooster blood, while all of the remaining cult members just sort of went through the motions with him. It didn't have the same flavor. It must have been so boring just to have a stupid rooster. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, at this point, Sarah Aldretti said that she finally realized the scope of what was really going on. She knew that a few people had been killed, sure, but she'd never been directly involved in a murder because women weren't allowed in Constanzo's rituals. I think it's because it killed his fucking boner. Swish, swish, air quotes, swish, 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 air quotes. I the, I feel air quotes what? She... You didn't think people were being murdered, and you didn't know what was happening in there. I have no clue what's happening in there. She doesn't Meanwhile, know what's happening in all there. All you hear is I'm not screams that, and screams. I'm not saying that she didn't know what was happening in there. I'm saying that she wasn't in the room when people were being killed. It it track it tracks with Adolfo sure. the rest of Adolfo Constanzo's beliefs and Paulo Mayombe, which is, does not women are not supposed to be allowed in the inner circle because according to Paulo Mayombe, which is uh, incorrect, they say that uh, women are spiritually weak. I am uh, obviously totally in favor of equal rights, and women should be allowed to go to any places that they want to. It reminds me of McSorley's uh, Ale House in in Manhattan, beautiful Manhattan. McSorley's was one of the last places to allow women in. But you walk in there as a woman, and you realize you should just walk out. It's disgusting. (laughs) And if in this case, you're a woman, you walk in, you're like, it's nice that I'm allowed in, but this is fucking disgusting. Sometimes the glass ceiling keeps you from smelling rotten human flesh. Yeah, because then the women walk in, they're like, oh, that's right. Thank you for, we can legally walk in here, but you guys are fucking gross as hell. Ew. Man, McSorley's, Ew. McSorley's on St. Patrick's Day. So much vomit. 9.30 in the morning. Ugh. 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 Anyway, go. Come on. But once the news started going over the details of how many people were murdered by Constanzo and how they were murdered, Ugh. Sarah sort of freaked out a little bit. But according to her recollections, Constanzo gave her a small speech to calm her down. He supposedly said this in a conversation recreated by Edward Humes in Buried Secrets. You never knew there were so many, did you? Think of all of the power, all that blood, all those souls. They're all inside me now. Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, you really have just become Dracula. I have become many men, and these spirits make my brujeria strong. They must obey me. They will crush our enemy. They are our shield. With this spirit's help, we will escape. Go to Central America, where the religion is strong, where we can do whatever we wish. For some reason, I want Count Chocula. 
Mm, I love cow chocolate. Ah. Ah. But this I is- do not drink blood. I do not I do not drink wine. I drink a coke. Whoa! <laughs> and so, with his followers still firmly in his grip, the cult went incognito. One at a time, they snuck out of the apartment where they were hiding and got what sounded like enormously stupid haircuts. Got to throw them off. <laughs> oh my God. They went with the haircut routine. They works. Remember with Ted Bundy when he combed his hair the other way? Oh, and no one yeah. recognized him? Of course. Omar and Martine both became blondes and got page boy cuts, essentially giving themselves the same hairstyle as He-Man. They wanted that. <laughs> Sarah colored her hair dark brown and cut away her perm, while Constanzo buzzed off his long, luscious locks, dyed his hair red, and started wearing Hawaiian shirts. I hate this. I look like <laughs> the fat man on a sitcom. Flawless. <laughs> flawless costume change. <laughs> But even though the cops were closing in, Salvador Vidal, a.k.a. Three-Face, saved the cult one last time, at least temporarily. He brought them an Uzi and a shotgun, as well as two boxes of ammunition, and shuttled them over to the home of former follower Carla. Now, Carla, remember her, she was the model who'd had the change of head ceremony performed years back when Adolfo was still kind of fun. But now, Adolfo was telling Carla that if she didn't help the cult, he'd kill her and her three daughters. Even so, Carla asked if what the media was saying was true. And Adolfo said, quote, according to her, <laughs> No, I only killed four of them for drugs. <laughs> That's a lot. That's more than none. That's for damn sure. And since <laughs> I am still laughing. You are thinking having, about it. You are having fun. It's just four, huh? Yes. Yes. Only four, solo four. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot. That's you cannot enough. even fill a Volkswagen with four. Well, you might all it depends, but yeah, that's a good point. And since Carla was terrified of both Adolfo and the police, just like everybody else in Mexico, she decided that a dangerous serial killer was the lesser of two evils, the safer option, and she let Constanzo stay. And now, as we said earlier, the press was having a field day with the story, and eventually the whole narrative managed to snare American serial killer Henry Lee Lucas. We got to him, finally. Thank God. I mean, they were able to find the snail trail from Otis Tool's dick dragon on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'll remember from our Henry Lee Lucas series, oh, so long ago, about six years ago at this point. Jesus, was that six years ago? Yep. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, at least. Both Lucas and his partner, Otis Tool claimed at one point that they'd gone on a murder spree involving hundreds of victims on behalf of a satanic cabal called the Hand of Death. Now, if you've never heard that episode, the Hand of Death was a forerunner to modern false conspiracies involving satanic cabals. It's pretty much like a proto-QAnon. And when a map drawn by Henry Lee Lucas pinpointing Matamoros as a Hand of Death hotspot surfaced... People went nuts. I mean, Matamoros didn't need Hand of Death. Matamoros <laughs> had Adolfo Consanzo. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it was there. Yeah. But because, you know, Hand of Death, it's complete and utter horseshit, just like all of those other fucking stories. Nothing came of it, mostly because Lucas drew his map in 1985, years before Constanzo even set foot in Matamoros. Good guess, though. 
<laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Constanzo and his followers had left Carla's home and were shuffling from hotel to hotel on the outskirts of Mexico City, setting up makeshift altars and performing minor rituals at every place they stayed. Man, just, I could just see Adolfo Constanzo just so upset with his red hair and Hawaiian shirt, just like <laughs> running around, just like, just trying, like, it's like uh, in, during the Adams Family movie when uh, they are kicked out of the house and you yeah. see Gomez sitting all frumpy inside of a hotel room. <laughs> just being like, oh, I'm fucking, I need a job. I need something to do. <laughs> I had to go to the grocery store today. Oh, the best. The best. All this moving around made Adolfo extremely difficult to catch. So the FBI, tired of waiting on the Federales, decided to flush out Adolfo by taking the magic route. Although they approached it from a much more academic perspective. So this is where we hit the dark chocolate center. Of last podcast Ooh. on the left, where magic, serial killing, and all, all all this shit all meet into this one area where they understood if you want to catch a witch, you have to catch a witch on a witch's terms, and so <laughs> yeah. they are gonna they're gonna suss them out. You, you doing the only thing they know possible, which is you go right at the heart of what he finds the most sacred. This is 1989. It's like, this is shit that should belongs in like 1457. It's so cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it's important. You got to have a, they, every, the FBI has a pretty big witch unit. <laughs> They've had it for a while. Oh, is that what's happening on TikTok? Yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. just baiting kids to become baby witches? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Well, the FBI consulted with an anthropologist named Rafael Martinez, who immediately recognized that what they were dealing with here was not Satanism, but Palo Mayambe. Luckily, Martinez had a deep knowledge of the religion, and he knew that the disgusting cauldron still in Constanzo's ritual shed was the most important object in the world to the serial killer they were all trying to catch. Honestly, this is such a cool day for an it's anthropologist. So he finally <laughs> sees him. You can see him just be like, wait, right here. Goes to his bookshelf, slides a massive like ladder. Shoot, You're going to want, blows off the book. You're going to want to read this. I can't wait because most of the time people ignore me. <laughs> this is a great day for an anthropologist. Finally, they've come and they need your help. Oh, yeah. Well, this guy, this anthropologist, he was um, he worked at a, a university right on the border. So he was used to being consulted for this shit for, with like Paula Mayombe. When when somebody oh needed to know about magic, they would go to him. You know, fucking Geraldo called him every week. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Geraldo, shut like, leave me alone, Geraldo. I can't tell you. Be like, I can't tell you where they meet. Again, it's the Adams family yeah. scene where he keeps calling Sally, Jesse, Raphael. We don't know where they meet. Well, furthermore, Martinez knew that eventually Constanzo would kill again to try and appease the spirits and retain some of his protection. So he said the only thing to do is to kill the Nganga. <gasps> and they did so on camera. This is a big deal. We're, yeah. Okay, so they got the Nganga. And this is the OG Nganga from the shed? This is this the big is one. big Nganga. And Which, was it still full of all the crap? I mean, I guess oh, it's yeah. stained forever, right? Oh my god! No, it's still full of the fucking blood and guts and oh, all the fucking. And there's like okay. a big, de there's like a dead cat in there. Oh like, my god! There's all the sticks. Oh, I can only imagine they have to kill it, like the like the evil guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Have to mention that movie where he dips him in the in the glue or what was it called? Dip uh, the dip uh, the dip. Oh, and the shoe was so sad. So with television crew, well, the whole point of this, this is different. Was to, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the whole point of this is to drive Adolfo Constanzo crazy. The whole right. point mm -hmm. is to show him we have destroyed you. We have destroyed your power. And then, you know, once they do that, 
the belief is going to fall away. He's going to act erratically and they're going to find him. Get him panicked. Yeah. He'll make a move. Okay. So with television crews present, Martinez and a curandero named Eluterio douse the shed with gasoline and a five pound sack of salt. Then they burn the building to the ground. But after the shed burned, they found that the Nganga appeared to be untouched. Ah, oh so God. fucking crazy. It's, so scary. So creepy. It's, well, it's a big, it's a big yeah, metal of course. fucking, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's scary though. It's like the Undertaker versus Kane. There's, uh, this is like truly frightening. But you burn down the whole shed and yeah, uh, you know, it's cast iron. Of course it didn't, yeah. but that's still that visual of like, yeah. the whole shit comes out and then the Nganga still stands and they're all like, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> so the Curandero walked up to the Nganga, hit it with a stick and ran away, half expecting it to erupt with evil. God, it would have been so fucking cool if it did, no man. <laughs> but when nothing happened, the curandero asked that the cauldron be emptied, and they drug it to a field Ugh. where it was cleansed with fire using wood and gasoline. That's a gross thing to empty. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Fine. Yuck. Finally, the curandero released a white dove, because according to belief, all was well if the dove lived... But if it died upon being released, the exorcism was a failure. Okay, I am a dove. There is a lot of pressure on me right now. <laughs> you got one job, dove. I am, I am actually not feeling great today. Are you? I am not feeling great today. So do not trust me to live. Oh my God, this is not good. Here I, I go. Oh God. Flip, 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 flip. <coughs> no, no. Is he, is he dying? Flip, 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 oh, flip, flip. he lived! Yeah. Yay! And everyone took it as a sign that the Nganga had finally been killed. Thank God that stupid, brainless dove lived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because everything would have everything would have been <laughs> fucked if it died. <laughs> They're very fragile little birds. They're, yes. Yeah. Now, this all happened without Adolfo Constanzo knowing about it, which, you know, if he was magic, he probably should have felt the source of all his power being destroyed. Well, if you made the movie, if you made the, the you'd hear, you'd see him in the hotel room going like, ah, 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 like burning and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but when the video made its rounds to TV stations across Mexico two days later, it was El Doobie who caught the news. And you of know, course he fucking was watching TV. <laughs> and you know El Doobie didn't want to be the one delivering this news. You know, you see this and you go like, oh man, everything's going to be fucking, we're not getting any Whataburger today, man. It's fucking, oh Forget man. the fries anyway. Well, he cried out. And when Constanzo entered the room and saw what was happening, he began screaming and smashed everything in sight. He then picked up a gun and emptied a clip into the TV and shrieked for an hour until he lost his voice. And even after he lost his voice, he still tried screaming in this weird hoarse whisper like, ah, the anthropologist won. Yeah. Yep. He was correct. Whole, he is the hero. I want to. I gotta meet this guy. I tell you what, it's just <laughs> nice to see another liberal arts major do something with their lives. Do something with their lives. We could actually probably get him every time. There's a TV show on Adolfo Constanzo. This guy is more than happy to talk. Yeah. All right. See, Adolfo Constanzo believed, or at least he appeared to believe, that all of his power had been in that Nganga, and without the Nganga, Adolfo Constanzo was defenseless. So he started carrying the Uzi everywhere 
and openly started discussing a suicide pact with his remaining followers. Uh-oh. <laughs> getting, getting to that point, are it, we? It's always hard when you're first floating the suicide pact right. because you don't know what everyone's going to reaction is going to be. It's kind of like if How you ask you if like, these jeans look good. Right. Like, do these Because you want them, you want everyone to be like super into it, but you know for a fact if they hesitate, you're going to be thinking about that all the time, being like, he didn't quite fully agree to the suicide pact. I feel like I got the <laughs> right. fucking, like, it sort of feels like he just kind of kicked the can down the road of the suicide pact. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, how do you even propose, subtly propose a suicide pact? Like, what do you think? Like, you're you kind of sick of living, right? I, first thing, oh, yeah, I'd show pictures of nice cemeteries. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a nice place, huh? I actually wrote your, I wrote your name on that headstone there. You can yeah, see that how headstone. nice that looks look there with nice that font. That well, that's Isn't very that cool? Nice. Look at that. Look at the tree. You can get all the shade. Oh, you want a, you want a Cabrilla? Fun? Is that what you would like instead? We can make that Cabrilla for you. Well, he told them that if they were to kill themselves, then they would all be reborn and they would find each other again in the next life and then they could try, they could do it right the next time. You want me to kill myself just to get back to getting alive. So if I don't kill myself, listen, then listen. what if I just stay alive? Uh, uh, do you want to though? <laughs> but the whole point, you're just saying I'm going to get reborn. Ah, hypnotize. <laughs> ah, hypnotize. Ah. I'll do it. I'll do but, it. But after he talked with Three-Face, Constanzo walked back the suicide pact a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. He just walked it back. Great. Talked yeah. with his advisors. Yeah. Realized yeah. that he was asking quite a bit. <laughs> All of his advisors, which is four people. Four faces, two people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Three-Face figured that he could get him to Guatemala, but just getting him to Guatemala was going to be highly difficult because their faces were on the news every single night, and every single border crossing had their pictures up. But Three-Face, listen. What <laughs> if instead, listen, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we dress in, as a horse. <laughs> the three of us as a six-legged horse a six-legged horse yeah okay uh, yeah. who there would ever impede the six-legged horse i'm with you buddy it sounds like it'll work out i like that no one pushes me <laughs> well here was the plan the cult returned to mexico city they settled into another apartment found by carla and they set out to find a plastic surgeon to change everyone's appearance like a gang of fucking jokers sure oh my god what about just like going in the back of the truck covering yourself <laughs> up going across the border there this is There's- 1988 peak technology was like like they could sense if you farted or something. I have no idea what they even had over the border. I but it's not like it is now. They Adolfo, just did a mirror. Adolfo Constanza was very much of the mind. From my read of his character, is the I don't want to sneak out the back door. Yeah, I like walking out my front door. I'm a magician. I'm a super powerful person. There is no reason why I'm not going to be able to just go and live. He doesn't want to hide in a truck. He doesn't want to be like scurried into another place. He likes to walk free. He's a show off. The idea of him not being able to walk in public and being recognized as a area, I honestly, in my mind, I think fuck with him quite a bit. So yeah. he was looking for a permanent solution where he could somehow go back to his normal life in a way. Good luck. Now, Sarah was the one tasked with finding the plastic surgeon, so she snuck to another neighborhood to try to find a guy. But since her face had been all over the news for weeks, the surgeon immediately recognized her and refused to do it. And that's about the time Sarah decided she was done with this shit. Oh, yeah. Honestly, thank God he refused to do it. A black market plastic surgeon in the middle of Mexico when you're on the run from the police, it's going to end 
very badly. At some point, I feel like you just be like, I have these Groucho glasses you can wear. <laughs> yeah. Well, after being rejected by the surgeon, Sarah wandered around asking cops for directions, hoping one of them would recognize her and arrest her. But amazingly, while the surgeon recognized her, none of the cops did, or at least none cared. Hmm. Huh. She eventually returned to the hideout and threw a note out the window that gave the hideout's address and said that a woman was being held hostage. And if the police didn't come, the cult would kill the girl. These girls ain't loyal. Unbelievable. <laughs> this guy. I know. I know. I mean, Jesus Christ, Christ, man. I know. I just think she did it. To, in my, I, I have very little sympathy for Sarah Eldrete. I believe that she was wholeheartedly a part of this. And then I think it's smart right. that she bailed. She knew that she had to find a way to get out from mm-hmm. underneath this in a way which requires you flipping. She's pulling a Gislaine. She, she's putting a Gislaine right now where essentially yeah. she's going to try and get ahead of the bullshit. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, I think with Sarah Aldretti is that she knew that the she knew that there were murders going on, but I think for a while there she told herself like, "Well, they're just killing drug dealers. Like they're they're not killing any like because I don't think she was there for the murder of like the fourteen year old kid. Like she wasn't there for every single murder because you know a lot of times she was in Brownsville. Uh, but I, but when it came to Gilberto Sosa, like she lured him to yes. her home she knew that Constanza was going to kill him like she had to have known that Constanza was going to fucking kill him like when he said I'll take care of it I don't know what the fuck else she thought it was going to be Sarah was made to have sex with Elio right at some point mm-hmm. she they were forced to well and she did it to bring Elio closer into the group at some we didn't fully cover that because it was, it was one of those weird like side, side quests of the story but Elio wore a human spine <laughs> on a chain. Right. So you mean to tell me she didn't think some wacky bullshit was going on inside of that shed? They all openly had human. I mean, they had human bones some people, in their pockets. Some people wear those blood necklaces, though. It doesn't mean there's a body that they got it off of that's hanging out in their basement. El Doobie had a tin of a thing that he probably called Altoids because it came from a guy named Al. Like he had little <laughs> chunks of things. She knew what was happening. Okay. And, I, and yeah. she all wrote a whole book, which I have not gotten a chance to read because it's I can't find an English translation on it. If you do, if anybody has an English translation PDF or something that I could read of Sarah Altorete's book, I'd love to read it. Uh, Carolina read a little bit of it and uh, also like watched some of her interviews uh, that she did back in 2008. She walks back absolutely everything. Oh yeah, uh, she moonwalks yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She gets in a car and reverses back in a, oh. in a, in a car to get back. Yeah, back. yeah. yeah. She, walks, she walks. Yes, walks back absolutely everything. And it's the truth is probably somewhere in between. Now, that note that she threw out of the window, nobody found that note until much later. But Sarah's wandering had done some good. Police were getting tips that she'd been seen in the area. So two teams of plainclothes detectives set up a stakeout near a shopping center in the neighborhood. Man, I want to do a stakeout. I want to do a stakeout so bad. You just want to eat in a fucking car. You don't want to do a stakeout. (laughs) It'd be fun. No, you... I know exactly what you want to do. You want to smoke a joint. You want to have your little glasses on. But I also like watching my neighborhood. You want to just be like, God damn it, it ain't easy being a private No, I... (laughs) And then that's all you... And then you're going to listen to old rock and roll. No, you know, I like to sit and just... I love watching my neighbors and seeing them go to and fro. I like to see what they put in their garbage and I like to see where they go to work. I just feel like you want it too much and everyone is going to be like, have you noticed that little Polish guy who was just hanging out in the corner constantly? I'm just watching. But unbeknownst to the cops, 
They just happened to park right in front of Constanzo's hideout. Ah. Adolfo, it was totally by accident. That's amazing. Adolfo looked out the window and immediately recognized them as cops because unmarked police cars in Mexico have big serial numbers on the side that identify them as police vehicles. Mm. Almost like they're marked. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But once Constanzo saw the police cars, he yelled, this is it. And the gunfight began. Oh, no. Constanzo grabbed Azuzi and fired on the cop car, which was fortunately unoccupied, while El Doobie grabbed the shotgun and followed suit. But from, you know, such a high spot, fucking shotguns don't really do much. It just kind of stings. Once the cops started firing back, though, Constanzo grabbed a stack of cash and threw it out the window, screaming, quote, This is for you, poor animals! Take it! We will take that, thank you. Yeah, and as people scrambled for the cash, he fired at a propane tank, expecting it to explode. But since this wasn't a fucking movie, he just filled it full of holes. Oh, <laughs> they're made to not explode. Whoa! I thought they were made to explode. That's what all the movies. That's the, the, the movies. <laughs> yeah, they explode so easily in the movies. That's weird. But as the streets filled up with police cars and heavily armed officers, and the crowd finally cleared. Constanzo told Martin and Omar to burn the rest of the money, and Omar began to do so. But when Constanzo called for more bullets, El Dubi said there were only two magazines left. Yeah, man, and it's cat fancy and rolling bone! Whoa! <laughs> and that is when Adolfo Constanzo decided to die. That was a joke about magazines. I just got it, Henry. It was, it was so bad, I actually know what it feels like to be you now. Rolling Bone is like Rolling Stone, but for rock star dogs. For rock star dogs. So, yes, Cat Fancy and Rolling Bone. Good job. Two magazines. Uh, wow. And, and is, now I get it. Now they're both, they're both animal. Now animal, they're both animal, animal magazines. Because he's a jellical cat, I think. Yeah, he's no, El Doobie. I don't know El why Doobie. it came out like that. On He's just, just a stoner. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I loved it. It was great. It made sense. While declaring that it was time to go through with the suicide pact and promising that they would all be reborn, Constanzo huddled into a closet with Martine and ordered El Duby to shoot them. Whoa, dude. This is like a big fucking responsibility, man. Very heavy, El Duby. Very heavy. <laughs> El Duby did as he was told and emptied a full clip into the closet, ending the life of one of the most dangerous cult leaders to ever live. But after Constanza was dead, El Duby didn't really see the point in suicide. Nah. <laughs> He's like looking at all the money. He'll be like, oh, man, suicide sucks. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different. It's worse than living. Looking dead looks stupid. That's stupid. That's stupid. Instead, he walked over to the window, fired the cult's last magazine into the sidewalk and sat down on the floor to wait for the police. And soon enough, Sarah, Omar, and El Duby were all in custody, and Constanzo's cult was officially over. Amazingly, though, El Duby had the same attitude as the Hernandez clan. He still believed that Constanzo's magic would protect him, and he even spoke fondly of Constanzo's inevitable return from death. He believed it would happen soon. I think a lot of you guys fucking say, like, all this shit about us and our fucking group, but I'll tell you what, man. Some people ask, what a burger? I ask, what a fucking guy. What a guy, (laughs) indeed. But El Duby, I do want you... Okay, so let's just say... Let's just say Adolfo does come back. You know he's going to come back as a baby, right? 
And what? then you would have to take care of him. Oh, you would man, have to grow. You would bummer, have to, dude. Baby, he's not going to come back dude. as a grown man. He's going to come back as a baby. Oh, man, I don't got milk, dude. No, and then you're going to have to wait until he becomes of the age that he committed oh. suicide. And you're going to be super old, and you're not going to want to hang out with him anymore. Oh, man, I'm going to become one of those. You know what I'm going to be? What's that? Those fucking ride tycoons. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Doobie's, Doobie's roller coaster. <laughs> well, I mean, Al Doobie did think that he was going to come back as a grown man. He thought that he was going to rise from the dead. Oh and my god! Lead them oh. back to and lead them to some sort of magical wonderland. But after El Duby was taken to Constanzo's body in the autopsy room, and El Duby saw Adolfo's mutilated, headless corpse, he gagged and broke down crying, and finally accepted that Adolfo Constanzo would never return. But since Mexico loves a juicy news story, maybe even more than America does, Sarah, Omar, and El Duby were regularly trotted out for press conferences, in which El Duby bragged about slicing off fingers and toes, while Omar gave lectures on Santeria and Palo Mayombe. Sarah, on the other hand, maintained her innocence, and, as I said, still does to this day. She said she was tricked into the cult. And even though she knew about some of the murders, she was only following a guy that she thought was a great man. Sure. <laughs> oh, I don't see the motivation for her for really getting into for getting into the full like murder plot of it. Like I think well, she really I, enjoyed the magic just, part, and I think she enjoyed that shit. But I don't see the motivation for getting into full murder. I think she was a fucking. I to be completely honest, I'm the opposite. I think that she was basically just a. She was too cowardly to be a serial killer, and she got into it. She really got into the whole oh, thing. So like and a it, groupie. Yes, I think that she was Ooh. way into well, it, and, and then afterwards she understood the heaviness of what she she didn't under she was wrapped up in it right. and then afterwards she realized the extent of yeah. what she was associated yeah, it's like with. when you're a roadie for when you're a groupie for motley crew and then you look at vince neal now and you're like what was i thinking Man, i sat on that guy's <laughs> face like a bunch it's weird but in the end all the cult members save el gato were put away for life as far as culpability goes, it's hard to say with absolute certainty because both Little Seraphine and Sela Aldretti were both brutally tortured by the police. And they have the scars, especially Sarah Aldretti has the scars to prove it. They all were treated very badly by the police. And so there, I can also see in the transmission of that, right, that in the process of that, of being tortured very seriously by the police, you can actually flip your own mind. In my estimation, that she starts to believe that she's actually innocent because mm. of the crimes that were done to her by the people putting her in jail. Well, either Could way, she, she knew about a couple of murders, and I always yes. say that's a couple too many. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to brass tacks, even if Seraphine and Sarah didn't murder anyone themselves, they still assisted in the kidnappings, and they still didn't tell anyone that the murders were happening. And when it comes to the men who held the knives... I think it's safe to say that Elio Hernandez, El Duby, El Gato, and of course Adolfo Constanzo himself would have become murderers with or without Apollo Mayambe. Mm. But the introduction of ritual certainly gave these murders an unsettling edge of evil that made this cult one of the most frightening and dangerous group of fanatics of the 20th century. Well, Adolfo Constanzo, what a freaking creepy damn story crazy story the moral of which is 
Be careful on spring break, folks. Be careful, be careful on spring break. Spring break. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, be careful in Mexico Lord. always. And be careful who you hang out with and be careful who you choose to follow. Be careful who you choose to date. And you're only as good as your friends. So if all of your friends are murderers, so are you. You're basically yeah. one. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. basically it. I'll agree with that. Yeah, wow. so this is about getting new friends. Honestly, it really is, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Strangely enough, if you yeah. ever find yourself having to hide a body, you can hide the body because then you can say, I was I was being threatened, but then you have to, like, you got to flip. Can I go far as to say, if it's just one body, there's a lot of reasons why we could figure out why it's okay. You know what I mean? If it's just one if and we've all learned one. our lesson. Oh, you're talking about I know what you did last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we <laughs> all you know. But you didn't watch, did you watch the end of that movie? <laughs> the, yeah, Do you the, know what happens at the end? When the goat comes back? No, no. I just watched all the, the first time where the, but the friends will have a good time burying the person and it's and it's fun. And yeah, it's a secret everybody has. But yeah. that guilt is almost punishment enough, isn't it? It's one of my favorite <laughs> It's one of my favorite premises. It's just like a porn star who gets into it and things are going bad. He's like, man, this isn't anything like the movie Boogie Nights. And they're like, did you watch the second half? No, it ends really poorly. Uh, much like the cult of Adolfo Constanzo. Holy hell. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this series. We're super excited uh, to have you uh, with us here yeah. in 2020. And thank you all so much. Let's do, let, what do we have to do? We have well, to plug our, we have our show in Idaho. We have a show stop in it, just stop Montana. It. Stop we it. Have, honestly, um, next year we cannot wait to see you all. Oh my Thanks God, for to our Patreon. Absolutely. Thank you for giving to the Patreon. Listen to the other shows on LPN, Wizard and the Bruiser, Page 7, No Dogs in Space, A Blanket Stop Hat. We got anything that you got a taste for. We got something yep. for you, peel it. We um, got a kind of fun sports podcast. We're going to talk about what's going on with the football. And of course, we continue to talk about wrestling because it's the most fun of all sports entertainment. And thank you. Yeah. Uh, honestly, thank you guys for sticking with us for all of these years. I know it's like yeah. weird. It kind of comes up every once in a while. I feel like this is a very uh, a time for reflection. There is a lot of change going on and we're going to continue to see it now as more and more things. Uh, we were going to begin to see what doesn't reopen. Yes. And how businesses mm-hmm. have it's shifted. It's very, very sad. And, and uh, so, yeah. so uh, we're going to do our best to to, we're, I mean, obviously, last podcast on the left is not fucking going anywhere. We're here for no. fucking years. This is our bullshit. We're here up in this goods for a long ass time. Hopefully, you, don't knock worry on, about knocking all the wood. Um, but uh, thank you guys again. Yeah, I just want to say thank you. And uh, next week we have a relaxed fit episode coming your way. Mm-hmm. But then we're getting into a lot more of the true crime, a lot of Woo! murder, a lot, maybe another big old cult. I'm not certain because well, to me saying, this we is still half. We haven't quite decided because this murder. is the only kind of I half want a so we I want to study murder. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I do, the whole episode, this whole podcast has ruined my. I want murder. He says out loud. <laughs> no, I, I think it's interesting. But we are gonna. Have, we're just very excited to, to have the opportunity to keep coming to you guys, and we just have to all yeah. support each other during this period of time as much as humanly possible. And um, I'm going to state up straight: fuck the haters. Absolutely, yeah. yes, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you entertained the best we possibly freaking can. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Helgin. Magustalations. Hail me, sweet, sweet baby lord. Sweet baby lord. He hails you every day. Nah. Every day he hails you. He only wants his you, fucking tit milk. He wants your money. Yep. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jesus does want your money. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like, pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.